I love the COVID business story. <laughs> People are looking for love while on the line for COVID. Yes, I know. When you're online, not in line, online. The soon-to-be vaccinated people are treating their vaccination dates as a smoozing opportunity for almost all the inoculated folks. I mean, you're in line, so you're getting the shot. At least you think you are. That's my theory, is that you just go and get in line, right? And I know that you're supposed to have make an appointment, but you know that you're never going to go in. You're just there to you know, talk a little business with the people in line. But the story is talking about all these older people. Uh, the one that got the most was a viral tweet from this Caitlin Greenidge who said, both my 70-something mom and a relative got asked out in the vaccine line. I'm telling you, people are ready. This summer will be wild. <laughs> Another reports that my 89-year-old mother had the same thing happen. This guy chatting her up in line talking about how hard it was to get old. She said, tell me about it. He said, how old are you? And she said, none of your effing business. No, she told him how old she was, 96. Then he said, hey, do you have a friend? <laughs> yep, I have a boyfriend. Oh, man. Bummer. Uh, you mind if I stop by anyway? A National Guardsman who checked, checked my ID today winked at me. When he gave me my confirmation paperwork, he said, leave this on your dash so they know I checked you out. Oh, yeah. Come on, baby. Yeah. So apparently there's uh, all kinds of uh, attempts at business going on at the COVID-19 vaccination lines. So if you're looking for a little bit of love, uh, maybe that's the place to be. I mean, people are dressing up for it, right? We had the story about the lady who was wearing her full-length gown and made it the event of her year. People have been dressing up as, uh, you know, with their best cowboy hats and their fancy dresses and their big rings. So, I mean, it is the place to meet people. So that you both can do a little already vaccinated business. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. If you're listening live on the 17th of March, 2021, today is actually St. Patrick's Day. I think I said yesterday. Yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I wanted to start celebrating early or something. So, you know, happy St. Patrick's Day if it's something you celebrate i never you know back in back in the old days when i was a big time drinker it just meant another day that gave me an excuse to get really drunk <laughs> well it's st patrick's day we gotta we gotta go ahead and get drunk that's just the way it is hey i got a couple emails from people uh talking about the uh, responding to the story about the uh, birds flying into buildings and how the city of fort worth was uh you know dimming their lights for lights out program to save the birds and uh i was saying that i don't believe it i don't believe that uh you know 365 million to a billion birds are uh flying into buildings now of course the line is they're dying of unnatural causes and you know millions are flying into buildings 
and I got your stories, you know, to show. Yes, they are, Jeff. And you know, buildings today are predominantly glass, and sixty percent of the external wall surface, not like the older buildings. Well, the only thing I can see that that I buy maybe that birds are flying into buildings, and this would be during the daytime is that the glass windows are reflecting the trees from whatever area is around the building so the birds may think that the trees are you know where the windows are the reflections and then fly into the windows i'll give you that but that's during the day that's not at night so i i still have a problem with how the dimming of the lights affect the birds because they're talking about the urban areas attracts disorients confuses and exhausted and exhausted well they say exhausting uh exhausts the birds and then that makes them vulnerable to collision with buildings yeah it also makes them vulnerable to i think i'll just land and take it easy (laughs) i'm a bird i'm exhausted oh well i'll just stop flying for a little while and fall asleep right here I just, I, it's just incredible to me. I just, I don't believe it. And we still know that, um, we still know that cats kill most of the birds, right? We know that. We know that. They admit that. But uh, we're talking about, and look, we've all had birds fly into the windows of our homes from time to time as you're sitting there, you know, doing whatever it is you do in your beautiful home. And, you know, you get the bird flying in the window. What the heck was that? And then there's a bird either half alive or dead outside your house. I get it. I get it. And of course, you know, with climate change, uh, that definitely affects how birds fly. Right? Right. Right. The environment. We need the shared environment. Do we? Do we? So they've got different ways that they, they've got these things called Zen curtains that I guess, you know, make windows on a house safer for birds. So if you care, you can put that and they can put their markings on windows of these buildings so that, you know, they say that that makes the birds realize something is there and they'll fly around and that's when they get exhausted. And instead of resting, birds are so dumb, they fly into the buildings. I guess that's what, what happens. I, I don't, I don't understand. I still don't believe there's a picture they have in this one story that was sent to me of these sparrows that they say died flying into buildings lit up at night in Chicago and Cleveland. Okay. Um, the picture has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 birds. 15 birds, Chicago and Cleveland. Okay. So that translates into billions? No. No, I'm sorry. I don't believe it. So I feel like, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about uh, what's going on in Minneapolis. But uh, I know I congratulated the Floyd family for, you know, receiving their $27 million civil settlement with the city of Minneapolis. And Mayor Jacob Fry, who said the move was a milestone for Minneapolis racial reckoning. And uh, the brother of George Floyd, Philanese. Floyd, is it Philanese or Philanese, uh, said he'd give it all back to have his brother alive. I believe that. Uh, Floyd said his brother started a movement and thanked supporters, especially those who took to the streets to protest amid a pandemic. You put your lives on the line. There's nothing I can do to be able to repay you because you showed who you are. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe give the GoFundMe money back. Uh, The George Floyd Memorial Campaign on GoFundMe received more donations all time in less than a month. Uh, You remember way back in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. The end of May when when the unfortunate death of George Floyd happened. And then the beginning of June, yeah, 480,000 donations from people in 140 countries worldwide. It was created by Floyd's brother, uh, Philanese, Philanese, Floyd, and accumulated more than $13,400,000 in donations. At the same time, George Floyd's younger sister, Bridget, launched a GoFundMe campaign. She raised $377,080 before she deactivated. So she got a little she got a little cash. And Floyd Mayweather, bless his heart, paid for the funeral services of George Floyd. And I'm guessing that was the funeral in Houston uh, because there was multiple funerals for George Floyd around the country. But the big one, I believe, was in Houston, and that's probably the one Mayweather paid for. I thought Kanye had some something to do with that, too. Maybe they all pitched in. But... All that was paid for. So none of the GoFundMe money had to pay for the funeral. It's just amazing. Now, we talked. Uh, we know that the jury is being chosen, right? And uh, we talked about the one juror who said, hey, uh, I don't want to be a jury. Uh, I don't want to be on the jury. Um, I'm worried about rioters attacking my home and wife and kids. And, uh, you know, should my name ever be released? Okay. I'm sure that's not going to happen, but you're not going to understand. So the lawyers for a police officer, former police officer Chauvin, uh, argued the jurors' knowledge of the news event will bias their ability to render a fair verdict. The pre-trial publicity is just so concerning. He asked the judge to excuse any prospective jurors who claim knowledge of the settlement, but the judge denied the defense's request and said he believed prospective jurors were capable of setting aside what they've seen in the news. The $27 million, he said, is unfortunate. Oh, really? Yeah, but it is something to consider. But let's face it, it's, a, it's not just a legal decision. It's a political decision, and I think people will realize that. Do you? So nine of the 12 jurors, I think we talked about that, seated so far, and two alternates will be selected. Uh, we have seven jurors seated last week. They, uh, there's a brief interview with the ones that were seated last week. It was supposed to happen uh, this morning, for those of you listening live, on Wednesday the 17th of 2021, to see if uh, about their knowledge of the settlement and whether it will affect their ability to be impartial. Um, We'll see what comes of that. Of the 15 prospective jurors uh, interviewed by the court since Friday afternoon, four said they saw the news settlement, and at at least three said they believed they could still be impartial. Okay. Uh, The judge said he's still considering a change of venue and continuance. He said the defense's motion to sequester the jury was denied. I think that's a mistake. I think the jury, I mean, obviously it's an expensive proposition but i think it's a pretty good idea although you know now that i think about it a little bit you think well then now you're going to keep them all in one place and with i mean they're already protesting outside of uh, outside of the courthouse uh, you know demanding a fair trial and arguing that the jury must reflect the city's demographics i mean you have five 
who identify as white, one multiracial, one Hispanic, and two black. So seven of the jurors are in their 20s or 30s, and two are in their 50s. I mean, does that represent Minneapolis? I don't know. But with the National Guard there and uh, the police and they're cordoning off the area uh many businesses are crying you know they're coming off of they're coming off the lockdown and now they're get, they're concerned about a not being able to do business and b if something bad happens and they start destroying property again uh it's not going to be pretty for anyone involved so there's that <laughs> yeah there's that uh, hey remember uh way back in july of 2020 seems like a long time ago a number of uh high profile twitter accounts like uh, apple and elon musk and even i think joe biden's account posted messages asking for bitcoin to be sent to a specific address under the pretense that that amount would be doubled yeah well they arrested uh well i think they arrested three people for that fraud and one of them, Graham Clark, an 18-year-old, has now agreed to plead guilty to state fraud charges for using a compromised, well-known Twitter to solicit more than $100,000 in Bitcoin. He agreed to spend three years in prison, followed by three years probation. Part of the plea agreement, he will be sentenced as a youthful offender. And he will be barred from using computers without law enforcement supervision. Are they going to know what he's doing? No. I mean, uh, you know, I guess it's, you know, a good thing that they're going to watch over him. Uh, And he may be eligible to serve some of his time in a military-style boot camp. That'll be good. That'll be good. And, yeah, yeah, they arrested two others. This uh, Nima Fazelli of Orlando, Florida, and Mason Shepard. were also charged with federal crimes related to this scam. Wow. Uh, They're going down for it. It's amazing how they, man, they got right on that, didn't they? (laughs) Yes, they did. They got right on that. Just like they got right on Sharon Osbourne for making her offensive remarks on the talk. Well, they weren't really offensive, but, you know, now they were asking someone to show how she was racist. As uh, you can't do that in today's world, I guess. Well, obviously you can't because now the show is on hiatus. She's under investigation. And she. this all is happening because she bent the knee. She bent the knee. And she shouldn't have done it. She should have fought back right with, right with Pierce Morgan. The whole deal was her sticking up for Pierce Morgan's right to talk about Meghan Markle and Harry. It's just incredible. And so now, because she bent the knee and it's never enough, we're going to go back and find out what she did in the past. There's blood in the water. What happened? Now, they're still pushing the narrative that she got rid of uh, Lee Remy uh, because uh, she created a toxic environment, uh, high school vitriol, hatred, and bullying. Well, I mean, she has said all along that she had nothing to do with the firing of Lee Remy. And I think the show has also commented on that as well. I I could be wrong on that, but I'm just going by memory on that. I thought they all decided that Osborne didn't have anything to do with that. But they're going to push that narrative because that's what Remy wants you to think. That's her out. That's why she got fired was because of that bitch, Sharon Osborne. So apparently... 
Uh, there are other allegations now from uh, other people who have said that, uh, and again, part of these allegations come from Lee Remy, who is already on the prejudice side against Sharon Osbourne, right? So you got to kind of take that into account. But she believes, she says, that Osbourne called former co-host Julie Chen, and this is this is Remy saying this is what this is what Sharon said, calling her wanton and slanty eyes. Wow, if that's true. I mean, it sounds like that was part of a joke. You can't joke around about that, Jeff. That's what's wrong, okay? That's blatant racism, and it's just unacceptable. Okay, all right, I'm with you. No problem. And they claim that uh, former uh, co-host and one of the creators of the show, if not the creator, Sarah Gilbert, who is a lesbian, referred to her as, well, this is their words now, Referred to her as the pee licker. I can't. Even, I don't even want to say it. And I don't know why. I'm, I'm mad at myself for not saying it. But I'm not. I'm a, all was okay to say the other words. Yeah, it was. You know, pee pee licker, and one that I had not. I don't know that I remember hearing before. Fish eater. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, just terrible if it's true. I'm not. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at the situation. How horrible it is. Okay. So, uh, apparently, uh, Sharon is, uh, you know, a, you know, uses inappropriate language and then the next minute she's buying them gifts, gifts to apologize. So, I mean, this show, she's a, if the show comes back, Sharon Osbourne is not going to be back on the show. Uh, it's already, I, I think that's a done deal, man. That is a done deal. It's over. You, you know, she should not have bent the knee, and it even made it more uh, more worrisome that she bent the knee because then there's blood in the water, and she is uh, gone. Uh, that's not been announced yet, but I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming soon. If it doesn't come today, it'll come at the end of the week, late Friday. The talk has decided to move on from Sharon Osbourne, and Sharon Osbourne will be the one to announce it. I've decided. I've decided to move on from the talk. The show won't be able to go on under this weight. And I am not a racist. And I I can't let this go on. So I'm just going to we'll step away from the show. And bless all the other people on the talk. And I love them, blah, blah, blah. But I can't do the show anymore. Trust me. That's coming. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Mm. Oh my gosh. Like I just spilled some. No good. You see where Tom Brady, uh, as long as we're in the break room, uh, tweeted out that he gave out his phone number? Oh, we've got to call Tom. We've got to call Tom. So he tweeted out uh, a couple days ago that he's giving out his phone number. Hey, what's up, everyone? So this is. A real first for me, but I've been talked into giving out my cell phone on the internet. Really? So listen, rule number one before we get into any of this, no texting on game days. <laughs> okay. Really though, what this Thanks, is, Tom. is it's a tool that will allow me to communicate more directly with my fans and my followers. Is it? Uh, where we can actually do a better job 
of responding to you and your questions and all oh. the great messages. Oh, Sometimes see? it gets hard to sort through the you suck, Brady, <laughs> comments. I know there's quite a few of those over the years. It's usually from the Jet fans. But to be clear, oh. if you do text me, you suck, yes, I'll see it. And uh, I may or may not respond. So shoot me a message. Oh, I nice. promise I'm going to get back to as many of you guys as possible Are you, Tom? when I have the time. Are you? Yeah, when I have the time. Okay, when I have hey, the time. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hey, when I... Yeah, you know, when I have the time. So we have got to call Tom. I mean, I know he said... Uh, I know he said text him. Remember, that's what uh, that's what Kevin Costner did, too. One, seven, three, seven. One, four, one, five, six, one, two. One, seven, three, seven. It's a California number. So let's call Tom and see what happens probably goes right to voicemail let's see see if he picks up hey tom how you doing jeff fisher from the mailbox is full and cannot accept any oh. messages at this time goodbye that's got to be set up like that all the time right so you just got to text him so i'll text him and say hey tom how you doing jeff fisher from chewing the fat just wanted to say hi hey tom you know what you should do is subscribe to my podcast uh chewing the fat if you don't already i mean you really should be a subscriber if you're not uh, i'm a little disappointed as a matter of fact if you're not since my son played with you briefly for a year uh back in new england and is from tampa bay where you're playing now uh elvis fisher so you know throw me a shout out uh tb12 to chewing the fat and for those so people know that they can subscribe or follow chewing the fat just by whatever platform they want to use itunes iHeartRadio, stitcher spotify and then they you know you can get the podcast every day because i mean i work this tongue to the bone for people you know that tom and uh just as hard as you work uh there's no question and so uh you should you know give me a shout out and uh be sure to let people know that you subscribe to chewing the fat and uh, that other people should uh, subscribe as well. Okay? Uh, you know what? Just email me, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Or, you know, you can shout me out on Twitter, at JeffyJFR, but you know that. I mean, it's a, I'm a verified account just like you, Tom. Uh, so, you know, or, you know, hit me up on Facebook, uh, the Gram, or Parlor at Jeff Fisher Radio. Any way you need, Tom, just hit me up and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get together. And uh, that's a long text, isn't it? a long text well maybe i'll try to shorten it up as long as we're talking about sports guys uh you know icons i see where tiger woods is back home uh the golfer the golfer has left uh, cedar sinai medical center in los angeles and he is uh, back home in florida so he said i'm happy to report that i'm back home and continuing my recovery so grateful for the outpouring of support and encouragement that i've received over the past few weeks Thank you for the incredible surgeons, doctors, nurses, staff at Harbor UCLA Medical Center and Cedar sinai Medical Center. You've all taken such great care of me, and I cannot thank you enough. I'll be recovering at home and working on getting stronger every day. So we'll see. I thought the investigation was still ongoing. Um, I, you know, look, the accident was bad. Uh, he broke several bones in his lower right leg. I, they put a rod in to stabilize a fracture, screws and pins in his foot and ankle. I mean, that sucks. But the news coverage of the day, 
Oh, he's not dead? Okay, we're done. Never mind. He's still alive? Ah, never mind. I mean, the guy's been in the hospital all this time, and we've had no leaks of what's going on, and the investigation is still going on. Why would four? I mean, it's a, he was, nobody else was hurt. Uh, it's not insurance fraud. The guy can pay for it. So leave the man alone. Let him be. Say it's over. We've closed the case on the accident. It's over. Okay. I'm sure. What, what, what was the car uh, company that he crashed? Uh, was it was it Hyundai? I can't remember what car company was the sponsor of the movie Kia. I can't remember. Gosh darn it. Yeah, the Genesis. He was driving. He was driving the 2021 Genesis GV80 SUV, and they were the sponsor of the golf tournament that he was participating in. So I mean, great ad for that car company. I know it's a crash and it's not bad, but it's a you know a side note that he survived a big crash like that, and uh, you know wear your seatbelt but you know it's over right so what uh, nobody else was hurt uh the car was crashed i'm sure genesis isn't worried about the car and if they are tiger will pay it back uh they've gotten more promotion for their car company than they could have ever well possibly ever gotten from uh the golf tournament that tiger was in so it's over wrap it up let's go let's wrap it up Oh my, did you see what the CDC had to say? I know. I know. Ah. Right? I know this is the Walking Dead music. And this is the music that I use for talking Walking Dead. But this is not a promotion for the walking dead or talking walking dead okay although you know it should be and you can listen to it weekly that i do talking walking dead with jason buttrell and my son maximus fisher but the cdc wants you to prepare for a zombie apocalypse i know (laughs) remember they recently uh updated its tips to prepare for a zombie apocalypse And they were trying to be kind of funny and stuff. But they said, hey, uh, we're doing this in an attempt to ensure preparedness for real disasters. Oh, okay. So they're saying, hey, if zombies were to start roaming the streets, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention wants you to be prepared. What do they know that we don't? In the midst of providing these guidelines on an unprecedented pandemic, you know, COVID, uh, the Center for Disease Control updated its tips to prepare. So uh, while the CDC says it began as a little joke, tongue-in-cheek campaign, look, it's practical. Uh, It's practical for any emergency like hurricanes, earthquakes, floods. It's practical to prepare. So when it happens, you might be laughing now, but you're going to be laughing out of the other side of your face when it happens. <laughs> you got me? You'll be happy you did it. Yeah, that's right. Maybe you'll learn a thing or two about preparedness, okay? So if zombies are starting to roam the streets, my friend, you'll be happy that you're prepared. It's going to, uh, it w- we'll always conduct an investigation uh, to see about the outbreak and provide assistance to states until we could determine the cause of the outbreak and how it could be treated and stopped um i just so you know the documentary walking dead um everybody uh, there's no there's no real 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 treatment 
uh, you either have it or you don't. Uh, and you can get it, but uh, you don't just get it unless you are not immune. Anyway, the first step to prepare for zombies or any disaster, create an emergency kit with essentials to last a few days. Should include a gallon of water per day for each person, non-perishable food items, medications, tools, supplies, sanitation, and hygiene products, clothing, bedding, important documents, and first aid supplies. <laughs> now, you should create an emergency plan, uh, you know, outside your door as well for, you know, the zombie or the hurricane. You should always be prepared for anything in your local area. Now, I heard that someone was, uh, I don't have the story in front of me, but I heard that someone was trying to change the beginning of hurricane season because, uh, you know, it starts on June 1st and goes to, I think, the end of November. And uh, they're saying now that for the last couple of years, we've had at least one hurricane in the month of May. So maybe we should start hurricane season May 15th. Well, how about we just say the actual hurricane season is June 1st, but you know, be prepared anyway as May turns into June. You know what I mean? I don't know that we need to change. What does it matter, I guess, really? But it's just strange that now we care because it's going to come a couple of years now, in the next few years. We may not have a hurricane until August. So does that mean we should change the date to August? No, of course not. But you should be prepared. That's the point. So, I don't know if you saw the headlines about, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Donald Trump downgrading to a private jet. He's not flying in the Trump 747. He's flying in this smaller private jet, uh, just net jetting around the country. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Well, um, that's not true. I know this comes as a surprise. It's not true. <laughs> so there, the picture that a lot of people were showing uh where Trump was uh, using, uh, yeah, it uh, the uh, the net jet plane that they show uh, is confirmed by Flight Aware. Uh, Donald Trump's plane uh, is not that. Uh, he owns the plane that he was flying. It's a smaller uh, Citation X. Uh, he owns uh, four other aircraft as well. Uh, he owns the Boeing 757. He owns Trump Force One. He owns three Sikorsky helicopters, and he owns uh, the uh, Citation, which he purchased in 2013, and the 757 he purchased in 2010. Uh, incredible. Just incredible. They, I mean, that guy, they want to beat him up and keep him in the news so bad. I know I'm not doing a lot of politics. It just drives me insane. I can't, you know, they they lied about the phone call to Georgia that which actually i mean those people should be shut down and arrested for that that turned those that senate election and that is amazing and now it's oh, oh yeah we had a source 
Ah, we had a source. Don't worry about it. And they continued to, you know, try to make him feel bad. They did the PSA for the vaccinations with all the other living presidents, not Donald Trump. Now they're questioning him. How come? Hey, 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 oh, you better tell people to get vaccinated. What are you doing? You better tell people to get vaccinated. Um, he helped create the vaccination. He's never told people not to get it. What? I mean, what are you talking about? The man helped make the vaccination. And I know he did. He didn't work there. He helped open the doors to make that vaccination come as fast as it did. You know that as well as I do. I mean, if you go down that timeline, I mean, the timeline is incredible. It's incredible. You look, I couldn't, I couldn't believe I was looking at this timeline starting December 1st, 2020 COVID-19 illness documented January 10th. Uh, the virus sequenced January 15th, they start designing the MRNA vaccine in collaboration with Moderna NIH March 16th, Moderna phase one of two trial begins May 2nd, Pfizer BioNTech phase one of two trial begins July 14th, Moderna phase one, two trial, uh, July 27, 28, Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech phase three trial begins August 12th phase one of to publish in nature october 22nd 27th enrollment in both phase three trials complete seventy four thousand participants november 9th biotech announces interim analysis efficacy 90 percent moderna november 16th efficacy 94.5 november 18th biotech 95 percent efficacy final result november 20th first EUA submitted by Pfizer BioNTech. November 27th, distribution of the vaccine by UAL charter flights throughout the U.S. December 10th, FDA internal review of the Pfizer BioNTech EUA. Phase one vaccination begins for healthcare professionals on December 11th. That is incredible. That's, I mean, it was, it's a, it really is a modern medicine miracle. And that was all because of President Donald Trump opening doors and getting these guys to sit down and work together. Just incredible. And now it's, you've never told people to take the vaccine. How dare you? Your people aren't taking the vaccine. Why are you doing? Why are you doing it? Why? 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 Um, I don't know. I helped create it. And I've always told people, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, never, I've never told people not to take the vaccine. But anyway, that's, I know, I know, I know, I know. I got it. I got it. Have you gone to mysonhunter.com and helped out to get that movie made yet? No? All right, we'll do that. <laughs> I know. I try to steer clear of politics. I know, but I am so looking forward to this movie. And uh, they are asking for people to help them get the money to make the movie. So don't forget to go to mysonhunter.com. Com. Hey, speaking of uh, Hunter and uh, Dad, uh, you know President Joe Biden. Uh, you know we talked about having the possibility that his dog. Uh, just pull the plug. Let's uh, let's just send that dog to the to the puppy mill. Uh, no, that's not happening. He said, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no." We Major was a rescue pup, and he did not bite someone and penetrate the skin. Oh, isn't that interesting? And uh, the dog is being trained now by our trainer back home in Delaware. I didn't banish him to Wilmington. Jill was going to be away for four days. I was going to be away for two. So we took him home. Um, Oh, okay. Uh, Look, 
the White House is a strange place. Every door you open, there's always a couple guys <laughs> that you don't know. And 85, according to the president, 85% of the people at the White House, they love him. They love him, 85%. So 15% of the people walking around the White House are unhappy about the dogs at the White House and want it to end. <laughs> Now, uh, look, look, they're 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 ready to protect, and they see strangers, and you know they turn the corner, and you know he's going to protect. But he look, he's being trained now in Delaware. Oh, but you didn't banish him to Delaware, but he's just going to be trained there, and you know, as long as he's there, we might as well leave Champ there as well, and we'll see him when we go back to Delaware, and that'll be good enough. Oh, okay. All right. No problem. Now let's check in with the greatest product of all time brackets going on. March Madness for the morningbrew.com uh, as they, you know, I get their daily email. Uh, and I like them. Those guys do a pretty good job. But uh, they have their bracket. We've talked about their uh, greatest product of all time brackets. And they have the four categories, the unsung heroes, the innovators, the uh, legends, and the simply make life better categories and then they have products underneath those categories and they've gone through uh they've gone through a couple couple brackets uh so far and right now you're looking at uh, <laughs> microsoft windows and up against tupperware tylenol up against bear aspirin intel semiconductor up against duct tape band-aid up against Google Maps, and those are in the Unsung Heroes category. In the Legends category, you've got Coca-Cola up against Bud Light, Boeing 747 up against Monopoly, Big Mac up against Nintendo 64, Sharpie up against Lego, that's under the Legends category, and under Innovators, you've got iPhone up against Peloton, AirPods underneath and taking on Tesla Model 3, Nike Air Jordan 1, Taking on the air fryer. I think that's going to be a <laughs> the air fryer. And of course, my, my, we got to check and simply make life better. Zamboni better have made it through. No, Zamboni did not make it through. I am disappointed. Snapchat, YouTube beat Zamboni. What kind of bracket is this? So now Snapchat is up against YouTube. I mean, YouTube knocked off Zamboni. That is, I, that ticks me off. Now the air fryer is going to be the sleeper. And the Zamboni should have been the sleeper. But, okay, the air fryer better be the sleeper. But it goes up against Nike Air Jordan 1, so good luck. God bless. Google Search is up against Instant Pot. <laughs> Jacuzzi is up against Spotify. Dunkin' Coffee is up against Uber App. And Twitter up against Netflix. Uh, Netflix better win that. Oh, my friends, uh, Twitter is great, but it is not as good as Netflix. I'm sorry. But that's where we're at with the greatest product of uh, of all time in those, uh, in those brackets. So is uh, love worth it? I don't know. Uh, the husband of convicted, of course it is. Don't look at me like that. I, it was a question, and I said I don't know, but of course I know it is worth it. Uh, the husband of convicted teacher Candace Barber vows to wait for her after she was convicted of six. She's going to spend six years in prison. Why, you ask? Yes, she was having a, an affair with a 15-year-old student of hers. 
um, she was uh, sentenced to six years after her conviction for having sex with the underage student in a field and sending him explicit photos on social media. He said that he does not intend to walk away from their marriage. Um, Friends are a little befuddled, saying uh, she must have some sort of spell over him. Uh, It was made clear in court that they're still together. A lot of friends are like, I don't know what he's thinking. We're maybe a little worried about him. Uh, I have no idea. In fact, this is a quote from one of his friends. I have no idea why the hell he is still with her. (laughs) No one would blame him for walking straight out the door after the way she has treated him. So, uh, you know. He still loves her, and I guess he believes that, uh, you know, she's not going to go after the 15-year-olds anymore. And when she gets out of prison, she will come back to hubby. Right? Right. Right, of course. I mean, there's just no, there's no age on love, and there's no amount of money that could make you love someone. Is there? I don't know. This story is so weird. There's a uh, millionaire, Bert Pugax, P-U-G-A-C-H. And uh, his caregiver, uh, Shaman Sheely Frawley, is accused of conning the old man into bequeathing his $15 million fortune to her. Now, Frawley, 52, who is married has claimed that she had an intimate and uh, monogamous relationship with Pugat, who is 93, while still under her care. Frawley's husband, William, revealed in court papers, yeah, we were still married, but I had already come out as gay and started a relationship with a man. So I became romantically involved with the man, and during this time, that's when I realized I was, in fact, homosexual. And uh, my relationship with that man was way before my wife started sleeping with Bert. And he said, I gave the fling my blessing. Now, friends of the old man claim that William, the NYPD vet, and his son, who is a cop, were in on the scheme to seize the fortune. So that they were all living there with the couple during the six months before his death. Now, the old man was famous because in the 50s, he hired some people to blind his young lover. Uh, and yet then he married her 14 years later. So the whole thing is just weird. And, uh, he's dead now. And now they're all fighting over the money and they claim that there's no way he wouldn't have given the money to the foundation for the blind that he set up. And he wouldn't have given it to this lady, given it all to this lady. And they claim that, uh, she coerced him into signing the money over to her. And that, that that's when she started, uh, withholding food and starved him to death. So, okay. All right. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see how this, how this pans out. I mean, they all claim no wrongdoing. And, uh, my marriage was over when I started dating the old man and we were in a serious loving relationship. And, uh, Oh, you mean that he, do you mean to tell me that he's got 15 million bucks? Oh my gosh. I am so surprised, but I'll take it since it was he left it to me (laughs) he left it to me so it's mine uh so thank you love you 
take care. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, it's just we live in incredible times. We really do. Did you see the story about the lady who has snuck into all these airports, the serial stowaway? Uh, she was just busted again in Chicago. Now, the serial stowaway, Marilyn Hartman, was taken into custody at O'Hare Airport. And she's been able to sneak past airport security and board dozens of flights without a ticket, allegedly escaped from electronic monitoring uh, residential facility before returning to the airport again. So that's where they got her. Now, she has says that she, look, I've fooled the TSA at least 30 times uh, in the past three decades, she says 30 years. I wasn't able to evade the checkpoint this week. Yeah, this week they got me. The police picked her up at the airport's non-secure section. Yeah. I've been arrested. I was arrested for breaching security multiple times at O'Hare, Midway, and other airports across the country. She's even foiled customs officials and hopped on planes to London, Copenhagen, and Paris. (laughs) I'm no criminal mastermind. Uh, that's it. I just, you know, I've never been able to board a plane by myself. I was always let through. I mean, I was able to go through security line without a boarding pass. I got by them. This thing that is so crazy by following someone they would be that would be carrying like a blue bag. Uh, the next thing I know, I get into the TSA line and the TSA lets me through and they think I'm with the guy with the blue bag. It's just uh, security professionals said that uh, it's just simple uh, tactics. And it's very alarming in post-911 world. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. For her to be able to repeat this over and over again, uh, amazing. And the according to the security experts, the genius of her mode of operation is in its simplicity. It's the unsophisticated types of plans that are often the most successful. Now, they claim... They claim that she is bipolar, and uh, they keep blaming her mental illness for the long rap sheet uh, instead of airport worker ineptitude. Uh, yeah, and she even says, hey, I know they keep emphasizing the mental illness part. Uh, I'd like to have that uh, in place, uh, but uh, no, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now she's in trouble because they have felony escape against her because she, you know, got away from the place she was supposed to stay at. She was had her electronic monitoring uh, taken off. She took that off. You're not supposed to be doing that. But I find it fascinating that she just walked in. You get behind the guy with the blue bag and you just walk in. Yeah, I'm with him. I'm with him. And they just let you on through. Amazing, right? Uh, yeah. And that's because, uh, you know, the TSA line and the pilots, they don't want to get checked. They don't want to have to wait to get looked at. So it's like, I've got my, I've got my badge. I'm just coming through. And if you're walking with them, they think they see that badge on you, right? You're just walking with the other badge, blue bag people, and you're just walking with them like you're supposed to be there. Amazing. Just, uh, just amazing. And I see where, you know, we talked about the Grammys and, uh, well, you know, their numbers are so low. And we talked about how Bill Burr uh, got heat for his uh, presentation. And uh, he, as far as I know, he hasn't commented on any of the social media 
uh, cracks at him, uh, being mad at him. But his wife has, his wife who is African-American, uh, who Bill has talked about before, and uh, he just, you know, suggesting, and people are suggesting that he's a racist, and, you know, I guess it doesn't matter that he's married to a, a, an African-American woman, uh, but a Twitter account at Claiborne tweeted, while I'm not suggesting Bill Burr is a racist, a white man, have, aren't you, aren't you, by the way, uh, a white man having a non-white wife can sometimes be a sign of racism, so you shouldn't assume someone isn't racist just because they own a minority sex servant. They may very, they may very well have one because they're racist. <laughs> but he starts it off with, I'm not suggesting Bill Burr is a racist. No, 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 no. But his wife, uh, Naya Renee Hill, uh, went ahead and quote tweeted uh, this particular tweet and her comment was bitch shut the f up (laughs) now bill hasn't responded there's no way he's going to he knows it drives people crazy he talked about it in that one podcast i think we played the audio where he even said what are they going to come after me now i gotta be worried about what i say because he's in the Mandalorians, which puts him under the Disney window. I mean, he, he, he's not going to. Thank you. He's one of the few that is not going to bend the knee. And if Bill Burr bends the knee, it's going to disappoint my heart so bad. And I don't know if my heart can take another disappointment. So, Bill, please don't disappoint us. And just let the wife's comment Hang out there to eternity. Bitch, shut the F up. 